This is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for joining us in worship today. We praise God for you and however you're listening. We pray the message you receive will allow you to strengthen your relationship in Christ and build his kingdom as we seek God, shape lives, and serve the world. On us. Speak to us, God, that we, your servants, might hear, but not just be hearers of your word. We may be followers of your word to do your will. Have your way, God, because you are the potter. We are but clay. Mold us and make us after your will. We thank you. We love you. We adore you. Guide us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If I had a subject for today, it would be, it's only a test. Life is only a test. We contemplate daily, how do I make it through everything that's going on in my life? Through the trials, through the tribulations, through the hardships, through the trouble. And then we ask ourselves the question, how can I be Christian when all around me is not? How can I think right and be right and do right how can I truly make a difference in this world in this nation in this state in this county in my neighborhood in my family in my life that I'm living does what I do the main question, does what I do really, really matter? And allow me to answer that on today with a resounding yes. But guess what? You have help to live the life and help to pass the test. You don't have to do it alone. Again, I'll say life is a test. It's only a test. But the good news is you have everything you need in order to pass life's test. You have been equipped to be the valedictorian of the class. God has prepared you for times like these to be everything he desires for you to be. We're going through an unprecedented time in history. Even though we are seemingly getting comfortable with living with coronavirus. But I want to say to you, don't get complacent. I know it's been a while that we've had COVID-19, but don't act as if, don't think as if, it's over and everything's all right. It's not over. Even though there are those who say it's okay, to come out and play. It's okay to do the things you were normally doing. Be mindful of the science. Be mindful of the facts. Be mindful of the figures because they don't bear that attitude out. It's only a test. It's only a test to see if you, my brother, and you, my sister, will fall for the okie doke and decide I'm it's over with. Everything is all right. I want to say to you today, keep 
sheltering in. Let me say that again. Keep sheltering in. Keep washing your hands with soap for at least 20 seconds regularly. Keep practicing social distancing. Keep wearing your mask in public and when close around others. Don't give up. Keep doing this. There is a lack of leadership in high places. But know this, it's only a test. We can pass this test, my brothers and sisters. Yes, it's a test. Life in which we live. We still march and jog for justice for Maude Arbery. But even with all the arrests being made in the murder of this unsuspecting young jogger, I contend today again, this too is only a test. For all of the injustice in our community and in general, we really need to take the time to understand and to ask, okay, it's only a test, so what? What are you going to do about it? What am I going to do about it? What does it mean to me? What does what's happening in Brunswick have to do with me? What is happening in Kentucky have to do with me? What is the stuff that's happening in our community, our neighborhood? So what does it matter to you? What does it matter to me? Why should I care about this at all? People are hurting each and every day all around us. Question is, well, what can I do? What can we do? I'm sheltering in. I, you know, I'm, I'm doing my thing. I'm protecting myself. What can I do? On today, I want you to know you can do and we can do plenty. It's only a test. But it's a test we have to take. It's only a test. It's a test that we can, in fact, pass. It's a test that's placed upon us so God's will can be done. Look again at Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. King James says your reasonable service. There are things that we can do right now to help somebody else. We might can't go certain places, but we are a resilient people who walk by faith and not by sight. We can still help our neighbors. We can still encourage each other. We can still get kind of nosy and find out what's going on with folk around us, with their families, and particularly what's going on with our seniors. How are they doing? How are they faring? How are they making out? Do they have family members checking on them? Can't we check on them? Can't we call them? Not, don't go by knock on the door and try to go in and have something to eat. Just can you call them and, and let them know you're thinking about them, caring about them? Can you just send them a note? Because they still receive mail. Can we come together and buy things in bulk and bring down these ridiculous prices? Can we come together as community? Can we come together even as community of faith among congregations and others coming to get what we have to get in order to do what we have to do? Yes, it might take you going a little bit out of your way. Yes, you might have to make a sacrifice, but as children of God, that's our calling to see a difference in how justice is being handled. We can talk about it. 
How bad it is in Brunswick. How bad it is in the judicial system. How bad it is there. How bad it is there. All the injustice we can see everywhere we go. We can talk and talk and talk about it, but there are other things we ought to do. Have you registered to vote? I ask you again, have, are you registered to vote? Not only that, we're going right now to the time of, of early voting. Have you voted already? Or have you mailed in your absentee ballot? These are things that we can do right here, right now. We want to encourage everybody. I know you can't uh, register right now to vote in the primary now, but you ought to be registered. Everybody in your household that's at least 17 and a half should already be registered. And we all should be actively voting. And we all can help with voter education. Because somebody might say, well, I'm, I'm registered to vote. I'm not voting because I don't know who to vote for. My brothers and sisters, this is extremely important in these days. You ought to be voting. Matter of fact, Georgia can literally put America on a better path. Just the state of Georgia, if we voted. There are two senatorial seats up right now in the state of Georgia. Normally it's rotating, but we have two presently, and we need to vote. Ask somebody. We can do that. Well, what else can we do? What, what can we do? What can we do? It's only a test. I can tell you what else we can do. Right now, I can stand here and tell you that out of Savannah, Georgia, alone just Savannah, only 50% of the residents of Savannah have participated in the 2020 census. That means half, one out of two. One out of two have participated in the One out of two. That's right, go on, look around. You, you, you count the folk. Yeah, that means that, that one did, that one didn't, that one did, that one didn't, that one did, that one didn't. Now, I know you're looking in your house. You said, no, I made sure everybody in my house got counted. That's great. That's great. But if you haven't paying attention today, you say, well, what can I do? That, that, listen, it takes five minutes, ten minutes at the most, just to go in on 2020census.gov and make sure everybody in the household has been registered. Everybody in the household has participated in the census. And it's important because of money, because of power because of resources that come back to our communities. Don't take that lightly. When people say, well, I don't know what I can do. And you, listen, everybody gets counted. Everybody, everybody. Don't care what the situation, what the status in life, and the information you place on the census form will be kept confidential. Yeah, nobody else can get that information. No other agency, your landlord can't get it, the IRS, the INS, the ICE, the MOUSE, nobody can get your information. It kept confidential for 72 years. So I want you to realize that. What can I do? I want you to know we're not in a helpless situation where we can do nothing. Matter of fact, this week, even at First African, we'll be rolling out some initiatives that everybody can participate who's connected with First African, and it's not initiative just for those people who are extremely active. It's an initiative for everybody, all of us part of First African, to do some of these things and even more to make sure that folk are getting fed, that folk have food, to make sure that all the various ministries God has placed on us. When I was hungry, you fed me. Thirsty gave me strength. When I was a stranger, you took me in. Naked and you clothed me. Sick and in prison, you visited me. When did we do that? He said, in as much as you've done as the least of these, you've done it also unto me. So we're called to do these things. We must go beyond what we have been doing to get where we need to be. We must go beyond what we've been doing. We need to go out of our way to help others, even in these times of uncertainty. I, I, I can recall when we started the ministry initiative, when we started the initiatives, 
and uh, went to talk to uh, Sister Sarah Herring. And when I spoke to her about all the things we were going to do and everything else, she said, Pastor, that sounds good. But what you got for me to do? I mean, I'm, I'm home. I can't go anywhere, but I can make some calls. I can do some things. That's the spirit we're talking about. Who would have known, she said she's at home, who would have known at this time all of us would be at home? But yet we can do the ministry God has called us to do. We can communicate in such a way that we can still do what God has to do. Everybody needs to be registered to vote. Everybody needs to be voting. Everybody needs to participate in the census. Everybody needs to be caring about our brothers and sisters in such a way that God makes a difference in their lives and in ours. I'm reminded of the little boy in John chapter 6 when Jesus was teaching and sharing with not only the disciples, but the multitudes came. And as Jesus was teaching the multitudes, the disciples started saying, you know, Lord, you've been teaching for quite a while. You know, about like some folks say when I get to preaching, you know, Pastor, you've been preaching for quite a while. But anyway, Jesus has been teaching for quite a while. And they were saying, you know, teacher, we, we might need to let these folk go home. We, we might need to let them go get something to eat. And Jesus said, no, we'll feed them. And the ones over the money said, oh, time out. Jesus said, we'll feed them. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at our treasure. Mm, they, mm, we can't know, Jesus. Jesus said, just tell me what you got. He said, we ain't got enough to feed everybody. He said, no, 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 what, what's here? What do we have? And it was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, hey, here, there's a boy right here. He has five barley loaves and two fish. But here comes a question all of us would ask. He says, but what is that? Among so many. Y'all didn't hit me on the day. All he has, 5,000 men, not counting women and children, and all they could find is a little boy. Two fish, five barley loads. Now, I'm always thinking, what was in that boy's mind? They came to get his lunch. He had his lunch. He was set. He was good. He was okay. <laughs> you could preach on a little longer. I'm, I'm, I'm good. But yet, what was in his mind if he was there and made up his mind to give up his lunch that could be of help to somebody else? Now, he didn't just give up his lunch, but he gave up his lunch for the cause of Christ. Y'all did not hear me. He gave up his lunch for the cause of Christ. He gave it up. He gave it to Jesus, and it was Jesus who took it, and he blessed it. But then the, the, everybody in the congregation had a responsibility also. The leadership had a responsibility because he said to the disciples, make sure that everyone is seated. Set them in 50s. Folk had to be obedient to be set in 50s. And everybody sat as they were instructed to sit. And Jesus took the bread. He took the fish. He blessed it and distributed it to the disciples, to distribute it to the people. Word of God teaches us that there was enough for everybody. And there were 12 baskets left over. That's kind of ironic. Twelve baskets of leftovers, twelve disciples. So even the twelve, when they finished, the ones who didn't know that this could happen had stuff left over. Now, now I know in seminaries sometimes they teach this. They teach that that was not a real miracle. They teach that Jesus didn't really divide the bread and divide the fish and give the 5,000. What some folk teach, one little theory out there, is that when the boy gave up his lunch, other folk in the, in the audience started feeling guilty. And all of them had something to eat, but they had it for themselves. But 
when the boy gave up his lunch, everybody started giving up their lunch. And there was enough for everybody to eat, and then there were leftovers after they began to share their lunch with everybody else. I want you to know, that's even a real, that, I know it's not a word, but that's a realer miracle. If folk giving up everything they have, they're giving up of theirs to be a blessing to somebody else, not knowing how much longer they're going to be out there. What the Lord is saying to us today and what the Word of God is telling us today, of course you look out for yourself, but we got to get beyond this me, myself, and I. we got to get to a place of serving. And we're, we've been talking about serving, serving the world through mission evangelism. We've been talking about coming together and being able to serve as God would have us serve, to do what he would have us to do. And we don't have to wait until all of this is over with COVID-19. We can serve this present age our calling to fulfill, even as I talk right now. When I talk about the little boy having lunch, I can talk about little boys, little girls, young men, young women right there, who even to help make sure they can post things about the census. They can post things about people being ready to vote. They can post things to make sure everybody's aware of the things going on in the community. Matter of fact, if it had not been a posting of the shooting in Brunswick, we probably wouldn't know nothing about it today. So there's a lot that can happen to make sure that there's a difference will be made in all of our community. And we can do it, and we can care, and we can love. It says, don't do it the way the world does it, however. The world will say, it's none of my business. As long as it's not my son, as long as it's not my daughter, as long as it's not my father, as long as it's not my mother, as long as it's not my family, as long as it's not my bills, as yeah, long as it's not me to get cut off, as long as it's not me that's going hungry. But Paul teaches us in Romans chapter 12, do not be conformed to this world, verse 2, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm. Woo. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that by testing is only a test. You may discern what is the will of God. You will be tested so you can discern what is the will of God. Now I like this. It says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Didn't say just be changed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed. And I love that word transformation because transformation is more than just changing. Yeah. Anything that change can change back. Mm, you hear me? Anything that changes can change back. You take a chameleon. Chameleon is, could change from one color to another color and then go back to the original color. A chameleon could do that. Anything that changes can change back. But we're talking about a transformation. Yeah, it, it's more like a tadpole. Yeah, the tadpole will change, but when it changes into a frog, it never will be a tadpole again. We're talking about transformation, like a little worm. A hair worm can be crawling around and then it gets up into a tree, and it gets into a tree and, and forms a cocoon. And from out of the cocoon comes a butterfly, never to be a worm again. Transformation is what God calls us to do. And when we begin to help others, when we begin to love others, when we begin to forgive others, when we begin to say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done, God will work in us that he will do a work that you will not believe he could do in us. When we say we want God's will, it's only a test. Think about everything you're going through, everything you've been through, even what we're going through right now with the coronavirus. Everything we're going through right now, if you look in your mind, you realize it's only a test so God's will can be done. Well, pastor, what is God's will? It's God's will that none should perish. Okay. What does that have to do with me? I'm glad you asked. Because everyone who you know ought to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, 
How bad does things have to get before we realize how serious God is about everybody coming to know who he is? At least give people the opportunity and the option to say, oh no, I don't want to know that Jesus. But if we don't tell them about that Jesus, they will never know that Jesus. We at least got to tell them what we know. Well, you say, I don't know the whole Bible. You just need to know that God loves you so much that he sent his son to 40 and two generations. You need to know how much God loves you and cares for you. You need to know how much John 3.16 tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And I love verse 17. For God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. My brother and my sister, out of everything else we do, it's all about, is your heart right with God? No matter what we do, it's all about, were you able to share his love, to share his forgiveness, to share his grace with others, that those who don't know him will come to know him. Now, that might not seem so important to you because you're real healthy. You're doing okay. You're not in the hospital. The doctors haven't given up on you. So right now, that seems great. But my brother and my sister, time will come when we'll all be over on this side. And when it's all over on this side, there's only one other place to go. Well, there's two other places to go, but you're going to one or two places. Yeah. I, I like it so much. At a homegoing celebration for a soldier. Right, right, right. But Williams used to be right here and share with us the first African. His daughter said something just amazing. She said, Yes, he's a soldier. And he worked. He worked hard. He worked hard for his country. He gave himself. But every soldier at some point looked forward to be in discharge. And the soldier wants an honorable discharge. Yeah, they want to go home, but they want to go home with an honorable discharge. All I want to say to you, the soldiers of the cross, we're on the battlefield for our Lord. And we promise him that I will serve him till I die. We're on the battlefield for the Lord. And while we're yet walking and talking and living on this side, we need to go through the test because at the end of the test, yeah, you're going to receive a reward. At the end of the test, we're going to be discharged. But the great question is, what kind of discharge will you get? Will you have an honorable or a dishonorable discharge? If you're looking unto him, who is the author and finisher of our faith, if we allow God to use us to do the work he called us to do, if we allow God to use us, that in spite of ourselves, we don't get caught up in ourselves, but we allow him to use us, that we will present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is only our reasonable service. It's only our act of worship. It's only that we can do. And when we are transformed by the renewing of our mind, when we're doing things the way Christ wants to do it, when we love it like God wants us to love, when we carry like God wants us to care, when we're sharing like God wants us to share, when we're forgiving like God wants us to forgive, we'll know that we have a home where the saints abide, just home in the glory land. Well, pastor, how do I get to the glory land? How do I get an honorable discharge? Is it because I've been so good? Is it because I've said the right things? Is it because I have the right education? No, my brothers and no, my sisters. We get an honorable discharge 
not so much because of the things we have did, what we have done, but it's because of the things that he has done. It's because of what God has done. Oh, yes, we have to love. Oh, yes, we have to care. Oh, yes, we have to forgive. But the bottom line of it all is because the God loves us so much that Jesus came to 42 generations, came to this earth and went about doing good. Out of all the good he did, folk talked about him and ridiculed him, called him everything but a child of God. But Jesus kept on loving. Jesus kept on giving. Jesus kept on being that example of how we ought to love. I know you said, folk talking about me, so I don't want to forgive them. Folk talking about me, so I don't want to love them. Folk done said things about me. Folk done done things to me. But I guarantee you, Nobody has treated you as badly as they've treated Jesus. Can you see our Lord and Savior as what he did for you and for me? He allowed them to arrest him and he went from judgment hall to judgment hall. Can you see our Lord and Savior? They pulled the hair out of his beard. They whipped him with rods. They beat him all night long. They marched him up the Golgotha's hill. They put nails in his hands, nails in his feet, crown of thorns on his head, and on the cross because he loved you so much, on the cross because he loved me so much. The Bible says he died. He died for all of your sins, for all of my sins. But the story doesn't stop there. They placed him in a ball tomb. He stayed there all night Friday. Stay there all day Saturday. Stay there all night Saturday. But early, I said early, on that Sunday morning, he got up with all power, power over the grave, victory over death. He wanted the world to know that what he went through then was just a test to let him know that one day we do have to answer that call. He ascended into heaven, sent back the Holy Ghost who lives in us, who guides us, who loves us, who protects us. We ought to take time to say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for one more chance. Thank you, Lord, for doing it again. Thank you, Lord, for loving me so much and for loving us so much. Thank you, Lord. My brothers and my sisters, it's only a test, but pass the test. Let the Lord lead you. Let the Holy Ghost guide you. Put yourself in a place of service so you can serve this present age. I'm calling to fulfill. I gotta tell the Lord, thank you. Come on, say it with me. Thank you. Lord, I thank you. Even though I'm going through some difficult times, even though I'm going through some hard times, even though it seems like the storm cloud won't pass over, I gotta take time and say thank you, 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 thank you. You've been so good to me, thank you, thank you, Lord. I give you praise, bless your name. To God be the glory. It's only a test. Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. 
Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website, firstafricanbc.com. You may also contribute through an app called Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us.